Hi, this is Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast, the podcast for people who want to multiply disciples and churches everywhere. Today, I'm talking to Dave Ferguson in Chicago about his latest book, Five Everyday Ways to Love Your Neighbor and Change the World. And then surprisingly, Dave asked me about my latest book, Your Part in God's Story, 40 Days from Genesis to Revelation. Right now, as you look around the world, what's what's exciting you? Ooh, I love that question. Well, I mean, I'll be brief, but there's, I mean, there's, I think lots of things. I mean, I think I'm excited about what's going on with Exponential. Um, we um, are, have a, you, you may know this or may not, but we, we have now expanded to Exponential Europe and we had it, we launched last year in the middle of COVID, mm. but we pivoted, did round tables, ended up being able to work with about 2000 church leaders, which was awesome. And we also have uh, launched uh, Exponential Australia. Yeah. Looking forward to having our first gathering there. So I'm excited about that. Um, if I put my new thing hat on, um, last year we got to help plant not quite a thousand, I think it was 982 new churches. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing networks all over the world. So that's that's just a huge grace. God's been his favor. He's, he's way better than we are good, but that's fun to be a part of. And probably close to home here in Chicago. Um, we, we went a year at community Christian, almost to the, almost a year, 50 weeks, 51 weeks without meeting in person. But I am very excited about some of the innovations that are coming out of that. We're getting ready to, to, uh, launch our first, uh, kind of beta versions of micro churches, which we should probably get together and talk about some other time, but that would, mm-hmm. that'd be fun. And I think the other thing too, uh, I think there's been a grand kind of racial and needed racial reckoning in the States. And um, we've launched something called justice deposits, uh, an effort to recapitalize black owned banks that is really being embraced both by churches and by businesses. So there's a bunch of things I'm excited about. Right. Great. And of course you and your brother, John, have uh, got a new book out, uh, bless. And, uh, um, Tell me, uh, what what sort of need is that addressing? What are you pitching it at? Oh, well, this is something that we've been doing at Community for the last eight or nine years. Mm. And um, our mission at Community is helping people find their way back to God. And I think while we were seeing a lot of people actually come to faith, it really kind of happened organically, which can be good. Uh, people belong in small groups, and then they believe, and they get baptized and follow Jesus. So that was great. But we really didn't have an intentional way to help people really share Jesus and really love their neighbor, as, as amazing as that is. And I really felt like I personally needed it. I mean, because I tried I, early on as a brand new believer. I was so excited. I just like assaulted people with my faith. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not so effective. Then I kind of swung the other way and tried to just follow, just follow Jesus, let people see my life. And people thought I was a good guy, but that didn't really seem to translate into people following Jesus. And what we found with the blessed practices is this is a really intentional way to love your neighbors every day. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it comes down to these kind of these five practices. 
And we've been doing it community for the last eight years. It's gotten a lot of acceptance um, from other churches, other groups, both locally and internationally to a degree. And uh, it just, it seemed like it was like, okay, we need to put this into a book so we can kind of share this with other people. Well, you've made it easy to remember. So uh, begin with pl- prayer. That's exactly uh, right. Listen. And then the one I like is eat, um, serve, and then story. So what what does that look like practically? Just take us through. I, I, give people a taste of the book. Yeah. Um, maybe I back up a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll tell a quick, one of the things in my own efforts to try to, you know, either I was trying to share a verbal witness, but I was people, I was asked answering questions people weren't asking or just living a life. And then I gave no explanation. I remember I got a doctoral dissertation and buried in this doctoral dissertation. I don't even know how I stumbled onto it. It was a guy who uh, did a study called blessers versus converters. Okay. Have I told you about this? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell the listeners then. Okay. Yeah, tell everyone. And, and in it, basically, um, they sent two teams of missionaries to Thailand. And the effort on the part of the converter group was to convert people, win souls. That was what they were about. Yeah. The blesser group went with just an effort just to bless whoever came along their path. After two years, they began to kind of do an analysis on how the two teams did. The, uh, the the converters, when it came to like making the community a better place or any kind of social capital, it was nil. There was nothing. It was just the same as when they got there. Or maybe, you know, maybe it was worse. I don't know, but no, no improvement. With the blessers, they could actually measure how they made that place. A, it was a better place to live now. They changed the help change the community for the better. But the second thing they observed was that the converters saw two people come to faith and follow Jesus, where the blessers saw 100. And it was like 50, 50 to one. And to me, it kind of pushed me back to Genesis 12 and then looking at the life of Jesus and uh, I was going like, okay, maybe this, this really is a strategy for how you love your neighbor and change the world. And so we kind of took that and then really looked at the life of Jesus and took some practice we see in his life, just everyday life, blessing people, and then gave them handles that people could actually remember. And that's where it is in that acronym. So, yeah. And we encourage people to do one of these every day. Mm-hmm. Begin with prayer. Pray for the people or places, you know, where you live. Listen. My goodness. I mean, I think probably one of the greatest faults of most Christians these days, we're more known for our talking mm-hmm. than we are listening. And, you know, listening feels like love to people. Yeah. It feels like love. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, eat. And I, what I love about this, too, is you have at least 21, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner. You have 21 missional opportunities built into your life. You know, how about you use one or two of those every week? You've, and then got about uh, morning and afternoon tea. <laughs> you must be a <laughs> hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just discipled well by our British overlords. Okay, well, that would be, then you have 35, 35 opportunities every week. And what we found is if you pray for somebody and you really listen to them and you start sharing meals or you eat with them or afternoon tea, um, they're going to tell you how you can serve them, how you can love them. And so then you meet that need. And what we've also found is that's when proclamation can happen. That's when you can share your story and the story of the gospel. So 
Uh, we kind of put those five practices and we encourage people, hey, do one of those. Just pick one, one every day. And uh, in your small group, just begin with your small group by saying, who did you bless this week? And um, we've been really amazed by the response we've seen at Community Christian and the way it's really integrated in the lives of people. And uh, and yeah, and so we're excited about sharing it with folks. So um, can you give us, just flesh that out, can you think of any examples of uh, where at, at the church or the wider circles where you've seen uh, those principles in play? Um, sure. So here, one story that comes to mind that we actually put in the book too, um, and I'll be honest with you. So for a while, Steve, I was like, I think these are going to be really good practices for building relationships. Mm. Is it really going to lead people to conversion? Mm-hmm. And both good and to a fault, I kind of like results. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I have to mm. So I was kind of, I was, and um, so, I, but I didn't know, hey, if I'm going to lead my church and I need to do it, that's just, I, you got to go, you got to do it if you're going to lead it. So I began to, one of the people I prayed for was on my list of eight people that I pray for every day. And this is my journal. And I got my, I think I actually prayed for 10 people today, added a couple of new neighbors, um, was a guy named Michael. And Michael's a guy who, I mean, he just wouldn't, he wouldn't think to go to church. It just wasn't on his list of like, if, you know, if his life collapsed, it wasn't on the list of like, oh, that could help me. And um, if you knew his story, he grew up in an abusive home, moved out before he graduated high school found his way to college, ended up um, going to a D1 school, was a very successful track star, actually, almost ran a four-minute mile, um, graduated, went to grad school, kind of self-made, eventually started a healthcare company, became successful. <clears throat> when I met him was uh, when our two boys were running cross-country and track. And so you got that in common. We both loved our boys. We both loved cross-country and track. So we're, we kind of hit it off. And so I, put him on my list of people I'm praying for. And at these track meets, so the L I'm listening to him, we're having conversations and I could take you almost to the place. I remember where he was the one who kind of pivoted and started talking about more personal things. And he said, we should get together for breakfast sometime. And so we started doing breakfast and um, there was a breakfast in February, a couple of years ago where he told me, he said, you know what, Dave, for, 20 years to the day, I felt like I've had to live two lives. One for me and also another one for my friend, Jay. And so I said, what's that about? And so he's told me, he said, well, when he was in grad school, his best friend was a guy named Jay. Him and Jay, he'd actually been in Jay's wedding. He wanted Jay to be in one of his one of the men to stand up at his wedding. But they went for a ride. Uh, Michael was driving, got in a car accident, and uh, Michael survived, but Jay didn't. Mm. And in fact, Michael Michael was held liable for it and did some time. And um, after that season of his life was past him, he ended up getting married, but he didn't tell anybody about it. Only person who knew about it was his wife. So now you fast forward, and that that breakfast in February was 20 years to the date. And he tells me, he said, I felt like for two decades I've had, and he was a hard driver. I've had to live two lives. And, you know, so you prayed for him, you listened, you eat. And now, I mean, so I got a chance to say, well, hey, this is a place where I've found forgiveness. Wow. 
and even redemption, where God could take the worst stuff that happens in our life and turn it into great good. And um, it was awesome, you know, get to share the story then, because to see him say yes to Jesus and Mm. forgive the language, but I won't forget the text he sent me. Because the text he sent me, it was probably a week or so later, because he, he described it like he said, like, my whole life just became lighter. He, he said, he said, you know what? I used to hear people talk about being born again, and I would call bullshit. Mm. And he said, but this thing's for real. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and I, got, I got to baptize him. And as a pastor, it's cool when you get to baptize people anyway. You know, and we really mostly encourage, you know, hey, if, if it's your friend, you baptize him. But I'll tell you what, when it's your friend, that's even better. And um, and so for me, that was both, you know, it was one of the highlights of being a pastor. But it also was kind of a moment for me where I'm going like, okay, the blessed practices, mm. I don't know if it help you build friendships, but no, they could also help people find and follow Jesus. Yeah. So that's when I became, you know, a real believer. Mm. You know, I... I don't know if you recall, but I I was visiting you and you and, and there was a gathering of leaders about five years ago, and some of us went out for breakfast, and just so happened we got talking to the waitress, and um, you know I got a chance to pray with her. There was some needs in her life, and and um, she was open just to hear something of the gospel. And at the end, I had to leave, but my my friend was with her. And he said, well, do you know any Christians? And she said, there's this guy, Dave, that hangs out here for breakfast. <laughs> and it turns out she, she knew you, and I think she'd even visited the church. And so we came to the leaders' gathering and said, hey, Dave, we talked to this lady. And you went over and opened your journal, um, and there's her name, and you'd been praying for her and relating to her throughout that time. So it's just, that was five years before you ever published Bless. Um, you know, it was at work in her life. So that's wonderful. And I think that was, uh, if I recall, I think that's probably the same breakfast restaurant where I had that conversation with Michael too. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that ought to be your office then. Uh, it basically is. <laughs> well, tell you what, I want to. I want to talk. Uh, thank you for asking about the mm. book I wrote. You got a brand new book coming out at Easter. Yes, yes. It. I. You know, after after we all rushed onto Zoom with the the lockdown, and we're going hard at that for a few months, and that wears you out after a while. And I just stopped for a little while and said, Lord, what what is this pandemic about in terms of what you want me to do? And, and I just, uh, I just really felt like there's, there's another book in me. And um, so got it out in record time, at least for me. But it comes out at Easter, right? In Easter. Yes. 31st of March. Hmm. And it's your part in God's story. Yes. uh, 40 days from Genesis to revelation. Hmm. Okay, so you give a little bit of backdrop, but what's what was the motivation? What was the impetus? What was what? I mean, because most of your books have been in a, I wouldn't say, it's kind of a different genre. So, what what was mm. your motivation for writing this book? Well, um, it came really for about three or four years, maybe five years. I've I've just been obsessed by Luke twenty four. This, you know, that Emmaus walk where Jesus just pops up and surprises those guys and then back with the disciples. 
And when he rises from the dead, it's a mess. You know, they're, they're failed, they're, they're dispirited, they're, they're, they're just, let's go back <laughs> to fishing. Um, and so Jesus just has these 40 days with them. He's got to restore them. Uh, and then he's got them got to get these same failed disciples ready for a worldwide mission. And so I just thought, well, how does he do it? You know, um, well, he says, you know, if, if it was the risen Lord and me, I would have said, just speak, Jesus. I just want to hear your words. And he says, no, no, get that, get out your Old Testaments. We're going to do it. We're going to go from Genesis to Malachi. Um, and, and he's teaching them about his identity, his suffering, his resurrection, and he's also teaching them about this worldwide mission, you know, this, this um, gospel of uh, repentance for the forgiveness of sins is going to go to the ends of the earth. It doesn't say go like in Matthew. He says it's going to go. You're going to go. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow. So, yeah, and then he promises them the Holy Spirit. So we've got the word, the spirit, and, and the core missionary task that he's going to give them. That's how he brings them back together in just 40 days. So I thought, well, maybe that could happen for me. Maybe it could happen for others. You know, what would it take to journey from Genesis to Revelation in 40 days, just dropping in on 40 decisive moments, trusting the Lord Jesus to, to guide us through it and reveal um, God's story and our part in it. That's that that was sort of the motivation. And I, I want others, because I went on that journey. So I want others to have that same experience with Christ. So if for people who are listening, it's kind of piqued their curiosity. Well, how would you describe the big idea? This is going to sound a bit trite, but Jesus rose from the dead. You know, That's and unfair. what he did for those disciples he can do for us and I, I think this is a real help you know so much of our energy and my energy is put into um, the state of the world the state of the church and why we're not making progress in the mission Jesus puts the focus on God's story on his continued persistence of his mission and, you know, as the risen Lord, he still leads the way through his word and spirit. So it's not just a Bible study, whether you go the, you know, the 40-day the, the challenge alone or, or, or mix that with a group, the living Lord Jesus is actually with you. And his word, his spirit will shine light on, on God's story and, and um, our part and uh, set us on that journey. So. That's the big idea. I, I'm kind of curious, though, too. I mean, because so much, so much, I mean, all your other books, unless there's some I don't know about, I mean, what, you got movements that change the world, pioneering movements, rise and fall movements. I mean, we kind of share this obsession with movements. Yes. This feels like, this feels like a departure from that. Is there, is there, is there a connection here? Yeah, it's... Um... It's really what's the foundation, you know, movements can be, you know, here's these five things Edison or Garrison or whoever says we should do. And let's press those buttons, you know, Australians, Americans, Western, we're good at pressing the buttons and we'll make it happen. <laughs> you're, um, yes, you're into the choir. <laughs> yeah. But 
this is the very foundation and that, you know, the, get back into the, you know, Jesus with those just weak and failed disciples. And he's saying, this is what you need to understand. And I will open your minds to understand these things. Now, what flows out of that in the book of Acts is movement. And we'll, yeah. we'll certainly plunder the book of Acts and even the gospels for the key principles and the patterns of Jesus' life. But there's something about his identity that's, you know, grounded in his, his baptism and his wilderness testing before he launches the movement. And he wants to write those same things uh, on our heart. And um, so that's, that's the link. It's the very foundation for what we do. It, it, it felt like to me that, I mean, you spent most of your time with the macro and this, this is your going like, okay, you know what? Let's go micro. You know, this is, this is the people movement. Let's just talk about a person at a time, what it yeah. looks like. Yeah. Explain, the, explain the, the, the format, the format of the book too, would you? Well, it's uh, 40 studies um, and you, you read a passage of scripture it may just be a few paragraphs. It can be up to three chapters. Then you read a reflection uh, that I've written. I've just plundered the best thinking on each of those passages, but worked it in to make it accessible. Um, and uh, around the theme of how is God revealed, uh, what's our part in his story, how does he shape us? So you actually, after you've, read the passage and the reflection, you reflect with these questions. You know, what do we learn uh, here from this passage about, uh, about who God is and his mission? Uh, what, what do we learn about the people that he chooses? Uh, what do we learn about how he shapes us and shapes those people to fulfill his purposes, both heart and hands and head? And then finally, you know, uh, how are you going to think and act differently out mm. of what you've learned? So you can either do that. Most of the studies, someone will take about 30 to 40 minutes to go through that individually each of the 40 days. But I'm suggesting that once a week you get together and feed back what you've been learning and what you've begun to do differently and then do one of the stories as a group you know, take about 90 minutes for that. So it's, it's, you don't have to do the group thing, but it would add a bit of momentum to individually going okay. through the studies, the reflection, the action plan uh, over 40 days. Whenever you write a book, I mean, like, so when I wrote Bless, part of my hope was, yeah, that other people, individual people would have the same experience I had with Michael, mm. that they would see their friends, whether it's where they live, work or play, find and follow Jesus through those practices. And then if enough people did that, you really could, I mean, change at least your part of the world. So with, with your part in God's story, and I know you well enough that there was a, a dream behind it. So if this, if this book, this effort could impact things the way you hope it could, what's, what's kind of the dream, uh, the hope behind it? Well, the encouraging thing for me is, to some degree, it's already happening. So I, I do this uh, regular podcast. I get to interview practitioners all over the world. And so I'm writing for some of those people on, on the front line. They're volunteers. Some are full-time, but many are just ordinary folk. 
And I'm I'm thinking of uh, you know Don, who's pioneering a a, a, a mission into uh, the U.S. prison system. There are hundreds of groups uh, meeting for discipleship. They're doing church. They're not legally allowed to call it a church, but these are prisoner-led um, discovery groups and discipleship groups. So I'm not just writing it for Don, but his leaders in the in sometimes in maximum security prisons, uh, that they could just sit down over the 40 days individually and as a group and just discover the story of God, which they know intuitively, but also their part in it. Or I'm thinking, you know, there there are whole families that I don't know have relocated to dangerous places in South Asia and the Middle East. And they're beginning to see movements amongst Muslim background people. Um, I'm wanting to bless those practitioners or high school students that are starting discipleship groups in their their local high school. Um, So in that sense, I want to serve those people I've I've connected with around the world. In another sense, I think they're the, the pioneers that are leading the way for a whole band of others, some of whom will cross cultures or cross uh, language barriers and geographic barriers, but some of whom will be missionaries in their own backyard. So this 40-day experience reading, um, you know, the passages and and your part in in God's story will serve as an on-ramp as they begin to grasp uh, the greatness of our God and and see their part in his unfolding story. Um, so that's my hope. I, I just want some more dons in prison. You know, yeah. I want I want some more uh, young couple. I think of a young couple in London that are multiplying disciples and groups and churches in some of the high-tech companies in London and other global cities. I, I just want to bless them and their people. So, I mean, for, for clarity's sake, too, I love the 40-day challenge piece. So think about, again, you kind of talked about the individual and maybe also a church leader who maybe wants to use this for their whole church. Like, okay, how would you implement and give me a little more on this, this 40-day challenge, how it would work maybe in those kind of settings. Okay. We've got some uh, detail. If people go to movements.net backslash 40 days uh, and we'll put that on the web at movements.net so they can get to it. It really is um, a, a matter of deciding, okay, first of all, am I, am I ready to sign up for the 40-day challenge? And there's a sign-up mechanism. And then you'll get an email every day of the 40 days, unless you unsubscribe because <laughs> it's too much, but you'll get an email every day just helping you take that next step and stay on the journey And then there's just some instructions about, okay, if you're doing this over 40 days, um, how could you get with some others just once a week to encourage and learn from one another in the journey? Um, So that's the the pattern. They'll need to to grab a copy of the book, but there are also online resources like a webinar in how to to run a group and how to do the the 40-day challenge. So what? You, so you have uh, videos on there that kind of explain how to run a group and those kind of things. Yeah. Oh, you're you're underselling that. That's hugely helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I have. I 
I've loved everything else that you've done. I'm excited about this. I got a chance to kind of give it an overview and I'm going to endorse it. So congratulations on your part in God's story. I think it's going to be a great help to a lot of individual people and uh, and churches. So congratulations, Steve. Thanks, guys. Visit uh, movements.net to find out how you can get your copy of Dave and John Ferguson's latest book, Bless. Visit movements.net to find out how you can get your copy of uh, Your Part in God's Story, 40 Days from Genesis to Revelation. And if you'd like to sign up for the 40-day challenge, visit movements.net backslash 40 days. Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Addison for the Movements Podcast.